Paratruth Radio is a proud member of Evergreen Podcasts on KillerPodcast.com. Since the fall of man, a war has raged between good and evil. Over the centuries, this war has distorted the truth. Now the truth is perceived as lies, and lies acknowledged as truth. To this day, the battle continues as we investigate and debate the truth behind the history and mystery of the universe. We are Paratruth Radio. When one walks through the dark tunnels of life, they question whether they will ever find light. This is the story of Heidi K. Linden. Now Paratruth presents Daughter of Siva with special guest Heidi Linden. What's going on, Parafans? Welcome to another episode of Paratruth Radio. Charge! My name is Justin. And I'm Eric. And as you can see, I have my co-host back full-time now, uh, before scheduled, so that's awesome. So, uh, how did the, the filming for Aurora go? Let's not talk about that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> not that great, I take it. <laughs> not the greatest. Right. It's, yeah. <laughs> it was something else, that's for sure. <laughs> so, uh, what else has been going on for you as far as getting uh, the revealed and all that set up? Uh, at the moment, not too much. Just kind of preparing for uh, work. Try, you know, trying to get it set up for this uh, winter break coming up here in a couple of the weeks. Uh, I have been still, as you just mentioned, working on the film. I was doing that. Actually, yesterday I was working on the edit for the film. And I've been struggling with the ending. And I think I've come to a conclusion, and it seems to be working out all right. So the good news is within the next week or so, the picture is going to be completely locked, which means that all we have to do is the special effects, the audio, and, of course, the uh, music for the film. So really looking forward to that. It's pretty much on its way to the end here. It's kind of the home stretch in a way. Yeah. Awesome, awesome, awesome. I'm ready to see it in its entirety. The trailer just only gives so much. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was the point. That's why it's a teaser trailer. Yeah. I, I thought about doing a cutting a full length trailer uh, for this winter, but honestly, I, I think the teaser kind of speaks for itself. And by considering it's a short film, if I were to give too much into a longer trailer, say it was a minute and a half long trailer, it might give away a little too much and. We don't want that. So well, and the, it's what twenty minutes long, ten minutes long. Uh, yeah, right now it's about nine minutes and fifty-five seconds after yesterday. So, so. making a minute trailer, <laughs> you would cut yes. part of the movie out to begin with. Exactly, so. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, folks. Well, 
to uh, let everybody know we do have a great guest coming on with us. Uh, you guys know her. She's been on the show before, Heidi Linden from Talk Supernatural, uh, to talk about her book, uh, Daughter of Siva. Uh, as we announced last week, Talk Supernatural will be coming on with us to the Paratruth Radio Network, as well as uh, Jerry from Tie Girl from God Radio. So uh, we are looking forward for the launch of that as well. Uh, so a lot of great stuff coming your way. So just keep staying tuned in. But uh, first, we do have a great interview to go to. So let's go to the line with Heidi Linden. All right, Heidi, welcome back to Paratruth Radio. How are you tonight? I'm good. Thanks for having me on. We are uh, honored and privileged as always, and it's actually for a specific reason to talk about your book, Daughter of Siva. Yeah, I am so honored to be among your astute author interviewees. (laughs) So uh, to kind of get started, what kind of made you, prompted you to write the book? Um, actually, I, I totally believe that God wanted me to write this book because I had like four kids and I had so much going on. I did not have time to write a book. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, just all the experiences I had all my life. And I've, I've always wanted to write a book because I've, I've loved to write since I was a little girl. And that's always been a dream of mine. But, you know, being a mom is like that's on the back burner. But then, I don't know, just like one thing after another and just kept coming to me with like these thoughts and ideas and I guess God just sort of pushed me and pushed me and took me about a year to get the hint and then I just sat down and started to write. Awesome. So, uh, you know, we've talked quite a bit, you know, doing the shows that we have together and uh, just kind of getting to know each other as well. Reading through the book, it was kind of, a little bit of uh, just kind of backstory because I I have talked to you enough to know a lot of your your experiences. Um, so it, it all started at a young age with the the, the paranormal activity around your family, correct? Yeah, yeah. I I didn't find out that my family was involved with the occult and stuff until I was a lot older. But it started like the day I was born. I was things were going on <laughs> when my mom was giving birth to me, and then I personally started having experiences when I was about four years old. Wow. Yeah. And why do you think that you started having those experiences? Um, well, I truly believe, well, you know, why at four, I don't know, maybe it was just that time where, you know, when kids are so innocent and they can see things that adults can't, I, I totally believe that. But, you know, my family was so heavily involved with the occults, like all the way back from my great grandma. And I truly believe that, you know, in, uh, in the Bible, in Numbers 14, it talks about generational curses. And I, I believe that that fell upon me because no one's just born with an interest in spirits and learning about the dead and stuff like that. And it was just something I was interested in since I was real little. I think probably even before I could talk. Hmm. Well, me and Eric have been interested in it for quite a long time, too. So uh, it it's one of those things that I don't know if... We both had the same amount of paranormal experiences throughout our, throughout our lives because Eric had actually lived in a haunted house, um, and then I was just kind of having random experiences here and there. So I, although 
I'm sorry. Oh, you're done. I I was just gonna say I I kind of get it from yeah. an early, early age, but um, yeah. What I was gonna say is in regards to how it seems that the paranormal follow people and families around. When, when you actually step back and think about it, our parents, Justin, your dad, my mom, grew up in the same house, obviously, as their right. brother and sister. And they witnessed paranormal activity, which you and I didn't know about until later in life. You know, I personally didn't know about it until I was about 13 years old or so. Uh, for the longest time, both of our parents had always denied ever witnessing anything growing up until one day that something happened and all of us were around to witness it and then all of a sudden, you know, they're going on and on, just blah, 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 all this stuff that happened. It's like, whoa, wait a second. But it's interesting how they would witness these paranormal, this paranormal activity as children and it kind of followed them and then once we were born, it's kind of latched onto us and now here you and I are speaking about the paranormal and we've been doing this for years now uh, and I've always been getting real deep into the paranormal, you know, just the interest in it and uh, it's kind of interesting to just wonder and think about why are we interested, you know, where did it come from, what uh, persuaded us to, to follow this particular path, you know? Yeah. And it, it's just one of those things that it, it probably runs in our blood as well. I don't know. I haven't tracked that far back to even figure it out uh so heidi uh, one particular story i saw in the book was the story about your brother um and going through a traumatic experience like that kind of hints at you know things latching onto you can you talk a little bit about that yeah, you know, I was I was so young and he was such a, you know, he was such a great guy, very introspective and and I I really don't know him too well anymore. Um there was a huge age difference between us. So I was 5 and he had to be I think about 16. I might have even been 4 now. But he, you know, he just had a lot of burdens, a lot of troubles and I don't know where my siblings stand as far as spiritual experiences. Um, but I know he had a lot of things going on and he was, um, at 16, he was arrested for kidnapping my dad's boss's son and holding him for ransom. Um, and he was, uh, my dad was vice president of a very, uh, large tannery, a leather tannery in California. And so this was, you know, huge news and it went on for days and, uh, they finally caught him and the guy he was involved with. And so my parents were trying to shelter me from this at the same time. Kids at school were talking about it. It was on the news. People were egging our house. And there was just so much going on. And I just sort of kept to myself because I saw that my mom had passed out from taking, I don't know, she was taking something so she could sleep. And then she was just burdened and overwhelmed. And my dad was stressed. And the family was in turmoil. So I, it was more for me to just turn away and stay in my little corner. And I think spiritually, that was such an easy end for anything demonic. Yeah. So did the the uh, occurrences ramp up at that time? Um, I would say they were just steady. Um, it started slowly, and then it just happened all the time. So I think, I don't know if, if that made it worse or if that was just great timing um, because even as we, then we moved from California because of all of that, went to Michigan, and I was just with my sister and my mom and my dad. My dad wasn't around a lot because he worked, but the experiences there 
just were incredible. So I didn't have any of that trailing me, but I'm wondering if, you know, it could have followed me. Mm-hmm. Not sure if it's connected or, but, you know, I guess everything supernatural is connected one way or another. One way right. or another, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, there's, there's some plenty of stories uh, where, where something would follow someone across country, but there's also been stories which someone would experience something in one place, travel across country, and experience something completely different in the other place. But still there's that connection. So do you think that whatever had maybe followed you wasn't necessarily the same entity, but a different entity that was perhaps commanded to continue on uh, doing what the original was doing? I think definitely that there was more than one entity following me or around me because the way things were manifesting were so completely different and I find in my experience with the, the demonic that they stay true to their, I don't even know their their title, so you know like in, in California when I was a little girl I had something horrible called the white man and he was traumatizing me to the point where I mean I couldn't sleep, I was sick and then when I went to Michigan that completely stopped and I had another entity that a little girl called herself Sarah. Um, I believe it was demonic now, but at the time, I truly believed there was this girl hiding in my house for a long time until I realized that no one else could see her but me. It, it was, it was, you know, I was, I think I was seven or eight, so I, I still was a little, uh, ignorant at the time. They, we didn't have ghost shows like we do now where kids are right. more apt in knowing this stuff. And and so it was a completely different experience where this one was teaching me things and leading me to do things whereas the other one was terrifying me. So I don't know if, mm-hmm. if it followed me because I you know I had so many experiences and sometimes they meshed into into one area. Sometimes mm-hmm. it was singular. So you know I think it was just all me. <laughs> yeah. You know it, it almost seems like uh the demonic entity, the original demonic entity, this white man that you called him, uh, tried one way of getting to you, you know, one way of of uh, trying to get you to open up to it, and it failed. And so it's almost as if this entity or just the demonic realm, the spiritual realm in general of evil, decided, well, it's not going to work with her this way, let's try it a different way. And so they end up posing themselves as this little girl, uh, an easier way, I guess, inside uh, to your mind and your heart and so on and so forth than the way to lead you. Um, it's almost interesting when you think about it, just how cynical and intelligent these beings really are, you know? Right, yeah. I don't typically always think of it this that way. Uh, usually I just think, oh, it's just a coincidence that one entity was here and then this other entity there, but there really is this web of connections, interconnections uh, throughout the spiritual realm. I remember writing a poem one time in which I talked about Satan and I called him a spider and I, I used his eyes as a reference, you know, in which he's able to see everything with his many eyes and it's a reference mm-hmm. to a number of different demons throughout the world being able to see him, uh, see people, but they all kind of lead back to Satan himself. He has the upper hand, you know, the one that like controls everything in the dark realm. Uh, and it's really creepy and interesting to think of how these entities are capable uh, and willing to twist people, you know? Oh, yeah. Well, here is me. I was like a little girl. I was eight years old. And this little girl spirit supposedly was telling me to, you know, do this spell and wish my neighbor to be sick. And mm-hmm. just how it, it 
bet on my pride. And eight years old, there's not a lot of pride in an eight-year-old. But when it's around you in that energy, it just kept telling me to do things. Next thing you know, she's in the hospital. And so, I mean, mm-hmm. here's this innocent little girl not knowing what the heck is going on. You know, and it's through those experiences is how I grew in the Lord because I couldn't handle them anymore. They went on for so many years. Well, and there would be a lot of people that would speculate that, oh, that's just coincidence. That's a pretty odd coincidence that you're doing something and then this girl ends up in the hospital. Yeah, yeah, she, um, and I can't really, it was so long ago, and I, I know that she had like food poisoning or something like that, but you know, I wish, when I was wishing her to be sick and doing, you know, and my mom feels that we had talked about this later in life, and she remembers me talking my little cubby hole to no one, and they closed that cubby hole down real quick. <laughs> but, um, she says, you know, I swear, it sounded like you were speaking Latin, and, at the time, I didn't know what that meant because when my mom and I had this conversation, I still didn't know a lot of spiritual truths, so I never could connect them. And mm-hmm. whether I was or not, it definitely wasn't something that she was familiar with. And mm-hmm. so something was going on supernaturally, and it just it caused me, although I didn't want anybody to be sick, I'm thinking she's going to have a cold or a headache, not that she'd end up in the hospital, but that's how the demonic works. Right. You know, they give you a little right. bit of truth, a little bit of power, and they it's for their own good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's uh, it's kind of easy to get fall into that mindset of doing different things. Like, uh, I know that you were a practicing medium for a while, uh, and that uh, it kind of stemmed from all of that from your childhood, and that your your family was involved with all of this. Uh, so going from that eight-year-old little girl forward, uh, what other instances were there that uh, you started finding out about, you know, the family connection? Well, my fair family, like my mom, my aunts, they would mention things here and there that I would grab onto and I'd listen to. But I guess I wasn't really in a place where I could ask them about what they were talking about because I, I wasn't really sure how to make the connection with everything. Like they would talk about how they were doing table tilting and stuff like that years okay. ago. And um, they always did like these pendulum things where they were asking questions, almost like a makeshift Ouija board. But um, when I lived in Michigan in uh I remember my mom and the lady actually that that I had made sick or whatever, um, her and uh, her husband and their family, they had come over and they were doing some, uh, I don't even know, they were just playing cards, playing gin rummy or something. And I'm sitting there on the couch and next thing I know, this lady's daughter brings over these tarot cards. And next thing I know, I hear my mom and my grandma talking about how they've done all these different things. And I'm thinking this whole time they're telling me not to talk to spirits when they're telling me they're calling them out. Right. So, you know, and they, so they were trying to do all these different things at the kitchen table. I'm, I'm trying to pretend I'm sleeping. I couldn't do it anymore. And so I go in there and I'm, I'm listening and I'm watching them and it, they just, I don't know, it was okay for them and not for me. And so when I see them doing this and thinking it's okay, I just didn't understand why they were telling me it's not. So I just, you know how kids are. It's like, you know, do as I say and not as I do. Right. So. Right. Not lead by example. Just do as I say. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's now, like I can't do that. <laughs> did you ever find out why uh, they, they were keeping you from such a thing, but doing it themselves? Did, did you ever? 
Well, shortly before my mom passed, we talked a little bit about it. And, you know, because when, you know, she was dying of cancer, and so we were talking a lot about death and things like that. And, you know, she was saying, you know, talking about heaven and angels and stuff and some experiences she had, which were all really wonderful. And she asked me if I had had any. And I said, don't you remember all those ones I had as a little girl? And she thought that I had some kind of mental illness, schizophrenia or something. And my aunt... um had schizophrenia and so and I in, in the book I had talked about it being my dad's cousin because I was trying to be respectful of my aunt but my aunt's now passed so um, it I just didn't want to hurt her feelings uh, she's a wonderful lady but now that she's gone um, it was my aunt and she she had schizophrenia supposedly diagnosed since she was three years old um, and so I knew her as the crazy aunt and I didn't want to be the crazy person in my house so I hid everything I experienced from then on so even though I watched everybody what they were doing and talking about I hid what I did because my mom had told me that she just thought something was wrong with me she never made the connection that what I was doing was just another form of what they were doing you know it's quite interesting that you say that you had to hide you know, every, all these, uh, um, experiences. It, it, growing up, like when I was a kid growing up, the last thing you really talk about is ghosts, you know, <laughs> because yeah. people would think you're absolutely crazy. Ghosts don't exist, they're not real. And then all of a sudden at the turn, uh, you know, uh, of the new, of uh, Y2K, year 2000, that's kind of when everything kind of flip flopped, you know, yeah. on itself. And suddenly it's okay all of a sudden to, to talk about ghosts and the hunt ghosts and to, you know, go into, get into the occult and summon up spirits, you know, so on and so forth. Why do you think, Heidi, that is based on your own experiences? Why do you think that is? Why is it okay all of a sudden? Oh, I think, I think it's all biblical. It's just a turning of the times. I think a, there's a larger supernatural experience going on. And it's worldwide. And I think mm-hmm. that, Deep down, I think always, people have always had an interest in what what happens beyond what we see and hear and feel. I mean, you know, we all want to know what happens when we die, but no one wants to discuss it. No one wants to consider that. So no one talks about it. But now I think people, there's so much, we are filled with so much technology and advancements and and entertainment. And it's a quick fix for everybody for your your carnal needs. But I think what's Mm -hmm. suffering is the spiritual needs. So people are seeking spiritual things like ghost hunting and all that because it's a way they're thirsty for it. They want it, and that's the only right. way they know how. Right. And I'll tell you what's what was really interesting to me is in regards to uh, the Christian side of things. You know, we have all these television shows of people hunting ghosts. They're catching video and pictures, and they're using EMF meters, et cetera, et cetera. But then we have these books and these movies that come out that are based on true stories about people dying and going to heaven or going to hell. And these people who come out and start talking about it are suddenly cursed by the people saying, you know, you're a liar. That can't be true. I don't believe in what you're saying. You didn't go to heaven. Heaven doesn't exist, so on and so forth. Why such a big transition or difference, I I guess you could say, between the existence of heaven and hell and the possibility of just humans walking around on earth. You know, why, why is it okay that humans walk around and we can see them, but it's not okay that there's a heaven or a hell? I think everybody has so many. I think there's more opinions than there are people. I really do. And I think everybody's grasping at straws, whatever can suit them. And, and some people change their thoughts and views like monthly. 
And mm-hmm. so I, I think people just have these bad experiences and they believe one thing and then they read something else and they think another thing. And so I think no one has any solid foundation of truth and they just grab mm-hmm. at any answers that make them feel right at the time. And they're not thinking about the consequences. Mm-hmm. Well, it, that's funny that you brought that up, Eric, because I've thought about this a couple of times now in the past couple of weeks about how there are agnostic and atheist uh paranormal investigators if you're an agnostic or atheist you basically don't believe there is a soul so what are you exactly hunting that because there should be no ghosts if, if you believe there's no afterlife so it that's something that that just kind of baffles me but all right folks i think we're going to take our first break here uh we've been talking to heidi linden about her book daughter of siva we will be right back after eric's <laughs> random fact of the day Have you ever wondered what the first artificial Christmas tree was made of? Well, according to KeplinInternational.com, the first artificial Christmas tree was made in Germany, and it so happens that it was fashioned out of goose feathers that were dyed green. This was Eric's That's what ransomware is all about. It's psychological pressure. Ransomware. When your computer's hacked into and your data held ransom. Attacks are on the rise and Russian gangs are making billions of dollars. The moment I got that message, I knew our greatest fears that we ever have are starting to come true. The post-Cold War era is over. Dot com, the hacking. A new season from Crowd Network with me, Katie Puckrick. Just search for dot com, that's D-O-T-C-O-M, and subscribe. All right, folks, welcome back to Paratruth Radio. My name is Justin. And I'm Eric. And we've been talking to Heidi Linden about her uh, book, Daughter of Siva, and all the different... Phenomena. 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 That she's been through. <laughs> so uh, One of the greatest songs ever made. <laughs> I like the little facial expression at the end of the the uh, song there, Eric. Oh, thank like you. Like you were thank surprised you. that it was done. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's more like, thank goodness. <laughs> so, there's the book, guys, if you're watching the video, Daughter of Siva. Uh, definitely a, a very interesting book because, as I said at the beginning, Heidi, you know, we've gotten to know each other. Uh, and that's just kind of the backstory now even though we've heard a, a couple of the the experiences you've had throughout your life um so going into adulthood from uh all the different experiences that you had as a child and you know starting to delve into the mediumship and do the different things that mediums do uh you, you did get noticed a, a lot and ended up on different radio shows and uh, talk shows and that sort of thing, right? Yeah. Yeah, they ate it up. <laughs> <laughs> so, and, you know, one thing we just got done talking about before the break is, you know, people's need to uh, find out the questions of is there life after death? What is there after death? Um, did you have a lot of people coming to you, like uh, what 
you would call clientele for a medium? Oh my gosh. I have so much money coming in. <laughs> you don't even know. I'm so embarrassed to say that because I guess I saw it as a way of making a living, but deep down I thought I was helping people. And I look back mm-hmm. now and I may have been giving people correct answers, but I definitely wasn't, I was not helping them spiritually. Um, but yeah, I mean, it started out early, like, gosh, I think I was about 12 years old and I was reading tarot cards for money. People thought it was funny, you know, this cute little 12 year old. I remember once being on a train, I was going to Montana to visit somebody and I had my tarot cards with me and I was bringing them out, hoping that someone would say, Hey, do you do those? You know? And Um, there was this Amish family that was across from me and they were giving me these dirty looks and they were so angry that I was, you know, that's, that's witchcraft. And so here's me thinking, Oh, you know, what's your problem? And, and I just got all err about it. So I decide I'm going to stand up on this train because we were on there for two days. I stand up on the train. I'm like, does anybody want free tarot card readings? (laughs) You know, cause I think I'm all that. And all these people started coming. I was sitting there all night. I didn't even sleep that first night. And people were just giving me money. Like I didn't, I said I'd do it for free and they were tipping me. And I ended up having $250 by the end of that trip. You know, and it's, that's how bad people want to hear things. Whether it's, you know, just, you know, does he like me type of stupid question or, you know, is my mom still with me and things like that. But deep down, like I said, there's, there's more of a spiritual need than those questions. There's there's more. They want mm-hmm. to know that their soul is more alive than their body. And that's really what it comes down to. Yeah. Now, let me ask you a question in regards to the tarot cards. Um, if I'm not mistaken, because I don't, I don't fully know or understand tarot cards, but you, when someone asks a question, you're basically flipping over a card uh, and, and that's providing you an answer, per se, right? Approximately? Yeah. I mean, I guess what it has to do with more is... Um, you're supposed to have this connection with a spirit that will help mm-hmm. you get the right cards. So okay. it's it's more or less a, a spiritual thing. It's not just random cards. It's more of you know I it's you know it's not like palm reading where these are the lines and this is what it means. Um, it's more right. of a spirit supposedly guiding you because the cards that I used had gods and goddesses and mythology on them, and so each mm-hmm. of those represented things. So it was easy for me to connect to um, you know this spirit or that spirit because it was that spirit of the love and all that stuff. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the whole time it was all demonic, but I didn't know that. So that's that's how that goes. So were the cards usually drawn from the top, or did you just kind of go through, and then whenever you felt a spirit moving you, that's when you would take that card? To the center of the deck, for example. Well, there there was a whole spread that I would do in general okay. if someone like didn't know what they wanted to know, but they just wanted to know something. So I would do like this this particular spread that sort of came with the with the cards, and I bought this book and stuff. But then there were times where sadly something... I know which which spread you're talking about because <laughs> I have delved into the tarot cards as well. Oh, <laughs> oh yes, yeah. you have. <laughs> yeah, it can, it can get pretty. It's like you know, like solitaire chaos. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. But, you know, and then there were times where someone would have a specific question and I would just shuffle the cards and I would pull one out randomly to give an answer. So it, it varied for me. Right. I, I was just wondering because, uh, you know, I was trying to just figure out uh, what is literally just the luck of draw and what is, you know, a spirit actually aiding you and how do you know the difference and so on and so forth. And I, I guess, uh, you know, it, it's... 
it's funny that you say you know how much money you were making at the time because there's plenty of places around uh, here in Virginia and back home in Cleveland that have the you know psychic readings uh, lamp uh, on on their windows you know and yeah. and I always wonder to myself like how do these people stay in business because I never really see any cars there. <laughs> You know, it's rare that you actually see a bunch of cars sitting in the parking lot. Maybe one, maybe maybe two. There's actually like, a lot that's in Maple Heights that's still around mm-hmm. from when I was a kid. And really? same same thing. Never have seen any cars there, but there's <laughs> that there's still that psychic reading sign in that window from when mm-hmm. I was a kid. It's crazy. <laughs> But obviously, like she can probably attest to, they make enough money with the random readings that they do to to stay open enough, I suppose. Right. Yeah, and I don't, I don't know how they they particularly work, but I know that with me, I was just a very social person, and I would take those with me, like they were with me all the time. I even took them with me to school. So, like, I would do readings and, and people give me their lunch tickets. <laughs> so I sell them at the end of the week. I mean, I just found a way to make money. And then there were times when I, as I got older, I actually took a job on the, um, gosh, I don't really want to say that. It's a very popular psychic network over the phone. And so I took this job and I was making $9 a minute. And I would have to work one day for an entire month. Jeez. When I when I met my husband, wow. when I met, yeah, it was crazy. He couldn't believe how much money I was making, and I actually got bored with that because like I had nothing else to do all day. So I actually got a real job. <laughs> but to be honest, too, Eric, um, when I was doing my cards, there were times where I just was not feeling it, and so mm-hmm. I would pull up a card, and it just did, would not seem like anything to do with what the person would ask me and and i'll be honest i would stretch that truth i would find a way and these people have so much trust in psychics that Mm -hmm. they're going to listen to anything you say so you can you can you know make stuff up and you can go on and on and i did do that a couple times because i was like i don't want to tell this person and so i was never like what they call a cold reader where i would like you know see feed off of what they were saying or anything like that i truly believed i had this gift and i was doing it for god and i was helping people i'm I'm Mm -hmm. thinking oh my god what was i doing (laughs) so embarrassed to say it you know it's like i when i turned my life to god that was just that was the one thing that held me back from fully giving my life to god because i had so much shame and regret for all when i was a little girl i think i was maybe like 11 or 12 years old i was teaching girls my age and younger how to perform a seance how to put people in trances i mean i was doing that really really young and so i have all this regret from what i used to do so that was something that i had to work on to get over and somehow you weren't burnt at the stake Oh man, there was times I wanted to burn myself at the stake. <laughs> wow! <laughs> Tell you a couple of centuries ago, it would have been a different right. story. <laughs> Which is a topic oh, well, Eric and I want to cover. Yes. <laughs> well, you know, and that's another neat thing too. Is um, as I was growing up, I had this circle of freckles around my cheek. And I lived in New Hampshire for a while. And there, one time, we took a trip over to Salem, and they had the the witch um, museum there and they have all different things that you can look at and one of the things that they have is they talk about how witches are marked 
And so they were, they were born a witch or whatever. And it was, you know, just things that they believed at the time. Mm. And one of the things were these crooked pinkies, like you would have crooked fingers. And I have, if I put my pinkies together, they like go opposite ways. Like they make a V like really bad. <laughs> and so here's me, this little girl, the same thing. I'm like hiding. I'm like putting my fingers, you know, like in my coat pocket. So no one can see. <laughs> and then another thing was freckle markings. And they talked about like certain like marks on the face, um, on your back. And I had this distinct circle of freckles and my dad had pointed it out to me. And, you know, they laughed about it. Oh, you must be a witch. And I'm thinking, whoa, what? <laughs> so it's just weird coincidences. Way too many coincidences in my life to be right. coincidences. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, you know, after you had met Scott, you were still practicing at the time. And you guys, had you guys started a paranormal investigation group uh, while you were still practicing that? No, actually, I had stopped doing that just because, um, well, we had, I had a child, so it was like, now I had these four kids, and I had no time to do it, because I used to do it at night, but it got to the point where I didn't even have time at night. So that was really the only reason I stopped doing it. Um, but then, like, I mean, I met a lot of great people doing that work, but I just figured, well, I can use my abilities in another form instead of, you know, telling people their fortune, I can at least help them in these, you know, haunting situations. Mm-hmm. So even though I wasn't physically taking money or using cards or any kind of tool, I just sort of bridged over to something else. Okay. So when you yeah. guys started the investigations, um, how did that kind of come about, especially with, with the abilities that you had? Um, well, I guess when I had met Scott, um, I was in talks with a, a paranormal investigation group up in uh, Nino, Wisconsin, because the house that I was living in had gotten so bad with the hauntings, like crazy bad, and it started affecting me and, and my son as affected our health. We started becoming real sick all the time, and, and the haunting stuff was just continual where my friends wouldn't even come to the door to pick me up. They'd beep the horn at the sidewalk because they were seeing things, hearing things, and I guess I got a little tired of being teased about it too, but my mom had made a comment that every time she came into the house with me that my son and I had changed, that we are meaner, we are angry, and I guess that ringed true to me. You know, I knew something wasn't right there. And so I sought out this group, you know, to get rid of the spirit that was in my house. And during talking to them is when I met Scott. And so he was there, uh, I think it was probably like our third date (laughs) when um, they came to my house and he was just fascinated by it all. And I think this was like even before the TV show Ghost Hunters (laughs) was out. And so, you know, they came to our house and they left us both stunned when they said, oh, yeah, you got something here. Here's pictures and, you know, we got EVPs and this and that. And I'm like, okay, well, what can we do? And they're like, nothing. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> I guess I was under this false pretense that they could help and get rid of it. And they're like, no, no, we just, you know, we confirm. I'm like, I didn't need confirmation. I know there's something here. Right. You know, <laughs> I was like, that's not. And they said, well, you could call a priest, but it could get worse. And I was just like, I want to find out how to help people. And so we started our own team. We worked with them for a little bit, just sort of get the foundation of how to do things. But then we branched off on our own because we wanted to be able to help people. We wanted to take it a step further where we could get rid of these spirits because it left me and my son a lot of problems. Mm-hmm. Now, <clears throat> how did you end up going about getting rid of these spirits or trying to help people at this point in your life? Well, 
at the very beginning, we were wigging it big time. Um, mm-hmm. What we would do was we would between, well, then we found some other people who had abilities and, and whatnot. And, you know, they, they felt they had this and that. So between what we felt was there, the EVPs, pitchers, we would sort of come up with a scenario of, of what was going on. And we would supposedly, you know, talk to these spirits and tell them they need to leave and, you know, just things that we picked up from, from TV shows to the internet to books. Um, but mm-hmm. nothing was, you know, and then there were times where we would never hear back from the client. We'd call them back a week or two later and they'd say everything was fine. But a lot of the times they'd be like, no, you know, it's fine. But then a week or two later, there's something back. And so we'd right. be like, well, something they did, you know. <laughs> right. And and so we just learned through time, and that's that's actually why my book is called Daughter of Siva, because it's it's based off um, in Acts. It talks about the seven sons of Siva, and they mm-hmm. they thought they had power to cast out demons, but the problem was they had like some knowledge but they had no power or authority and that's where I was at I had some knowledge that the supernatural stuff was real but I didn't know how to get rid of it so I'm taking other people's opinions and views and just throwing it in and and trying to use that and we were trying to help a client and whatever was in his house actually entered me and paralyzed me and everybody around me knew something was wrong and I started laughing and crying and Scott to this day jokes around and calls me twisted sister because he said this laugh that came out of me he said was just horrible and he said that he goes it wasn't your voice your eyes got big it wasn't you I didn't know what to do and I was aware of what was going on, but I was physically unable to do anything. I had these urges to spit on him. I wanted to, he, he brought out a Bible because, you know, he was raised Christian. So he knew enough to know there was some power in the Bible. We just didn't know how to tap into it or or where it was or what it was. Mm -hmm. And so he grabbed that Bible and I wanted to just jump on it and rip those pages out. But I, I, I was like, I was fighting it and I had wore this cross around my neck, wanted to grab it for some kind of comfort. I couldn't even lift my hand to do it. And I was crying and I was laughing. And, and then it jumped. It finally, you know, my husband just started praying. He didn't know what to do. And after like, I don't know, 15 minutes or so, it left me, but it went into the client. And the client started convulsing. And it was the scariest thing. I thought this guy was going to die. And we were all going to jail because we didn't know what we were doing. We killed him. That was like what I was thinking. It was a horrible, horrible experience. And again, they were praying and everything. And it finally left this guy. And... At that point, I realized, you know what, I know some things, but I certainly am wrong about the rest. And I need to find Mm -hmm. answers because we can't go around trying to help these people like the seven sons of Siva. So that's why I called myself daughter of Siva, because I'm trying to help people. And it came on to me. It's like, you have no power. What do you think you're doing? And I think that's what a lot of these ghost hunters and paranormal investigators are doing, too. They have no clue. Right. Well, the So what? Is, is nobody really knows. I mean, right. And you, you know, me and Eric had done investigations for uh, a couple of businesses, and then we had finally done our first um, home with a child that was being uh, afflicted. And you know, I don't think we ever really caught anything. Um, and you know, he had just advised them. You know, you guys just pray on it. You know keep him from interacting with this thing um Mm -hmm. and whether there there's human spirits here or not you know i've come to you know the final conclusion that 
you know, it shouldn't be an interaction because regardless if if it's a demon or a human spirit, there there are negative effects to this. So, yep. And demons just can't be trusted. You don't know if you're dealing with the spirit or not. And it's like, I'd rather just not take my chances. Right. Right. I think in my book, I I describe it as crossing the street blindfolded. You just don't know. Yeah. Right. (laughs) So after all of this happened, after this whole uh, frightening event at this home, uh, what eventually drove you to start looking into the scripture for answers and eventually led you to call on Christ? Well, when we had a friend in the group who was Wiccan, and she tried doing some of her stuff to help me, which it didn't work. And then when my husband started reading out of Psalms and praying, that's when whatever was with me left. Um, mm-hmm. uh, it was like an investigation or two after that. Um, we were at this house where there was something else going on. And again, the same friend tried to do something. We were in this room discussing, in the basement by ourselves, discussing what we were going to do in the situation because it was a little more than we thought it was going to be. And no matter what room we went in, all these lights would flicker. And then we'd leave the room and they'd stop. And then we'd go in another room and the lights would start to flicker again. So we're in the basement and these lights are flickering. And this, you know, this girl that was with us, you know, she said some kind of incantation to get the spirit to stop. And all of a sudden the light actually blew. And we were like, oh my gosh, what's going on? And then the the other ones just kept flickering. And my husband just got Mm -hmm. sick of it. And he lifted his hand and he said, in the name of Jesus, stop. And those lights stopped instantly. And it was those two, those two events. This, this girl ended up quitting because she just didn't like the Christian views, the way we were going. My husband said, you know what? That's not working. These things are working. We need to go down this road. And so we found a church. We got into a Bible study because we needed to know more about, you know, spirits and demons and the power of Christ. And so it was our interest in the paranormal that led us to God. And it was God that sort of brought us out of the ghost hunting aspect and more into the supernatural spiritual warfare battles. Mm-hmm. Now, in, reg- in regards to spiritual warfare, uh, whether Christian or non-Christian, Often, from what I, from my understanding, from what I've learned and from what I've witnessed, demons tend to keep themselves on the down low. You know, they, they don't like to be noticed. They don't like to be too loud or aggressive or anything like that because people don't want or demons don't want people to find out so that they don't turn to God. You know, keep them as far away from God as possible. And let's face it, if someone finds out, oh, this is a demon, what's stronger than a demon? Right. Well, from everything that I've learned, it's God, right? So, so with that said, why do you think some of these demons uh, happen to come forth and present themselves and let it let themselves be known that they're there? I totally believe that there's, and, and it's actually scripture too. There's a hierarchy of demons, just like there are of God's angels. He talks about these angels mm-hmm. are the messenger angels, and these angels do this, and, and there's angels that bring in God's glory. And, and I believe that the demonic are the same thing, and I think there's different levels. And I think that there are demons that are just, I guess, like, I don't even know how to call them, like, rebellious, and, and just, they're going to not follow these little rules that they're supposed to have. And I think they're, mm-hmm. they cause more problems. And depending on the person, the situation, 
organization. They always have a goal in mind. But I think, and I hate to put it this way because it's so layman, but the stupid ones are the ones that just let it all out. Because, mm-hmm. you know, Satan, who's the most clever and cunning, you know, evil, unclean spirit of them all, doesn't do anything. He's only inhabited, you know, um, Judas. And, and I think that what happens is, he just sort of is just waiting. I don't think, you know, everybody's like, oh, you know, they're possessed by the devil. The devil, I don't think, has anything to do with this. I think it's all his little minions. And mm-hmm. I think some are, um, you know, told to do things and to be clever and to do this. And I think some are just, you know, riled up and they just, and some people are aware, some people aren't. But I don't even think if people are aware that demons are, I don't, I, I don't think that they're going to accept Christ all the time either. Because there's plenty of Christian mm-hmm. churches that say that hell doesn't even exist. And they're reading right. the same Bible I am. So, right. I mean, everybody's just got their own mindset. It's true. It's absolutely true. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and take us to break here real quick. But when we come back, we'll continue on with this conversation. We're talking to Heidi Linden, the author of Daughter of Steva. We'll be right back after Justin's Paranormal Headlines. And now, Parachute Radio's Paranormal Headlines. How's it going, Parafans? Justin here with your Paranormal Headlines. These headlines are from NationalGeographic.com. Frozen cave lion cubs from the Ice Age found. New photographs of a pair of cave lion cubs found frozen in Siberia give an unprecedented look at a species that has been extinct for about 10,000 years. Russian researchers revealed new details about the cubs in a press conference on Tuesday, including how they were found and how they died. Collectors unearthed the cave lions while looking for mammoth tusks in Yakutia, Siberia, and at first were not sure what they had found. They placed the cubs in a glacier to keep them frozen and then sent them to scientists in Yakuzk for analysis. Nicknamed Uyan and Dina for the Uyan Dina River where they were found, the kittens will provide scientists with more details about the lions that roamed Eurasia and North America during the most recent ice age. They are the first prehistoric cats to be found in such an exceptional state. The cubs were only two to three weeks old when they perished, says Saka Republic Academy of Science paleontologist Albert Protopopov. They were so young that their baby teeth had not yet started to poke out from their gums. Most likely, Protopopov says, the cubs died when the soil of their den collapsed. While tragic, the way Uyan and Dina died played an important role in their preservation, keeping them frozen for over 12,000 years until flooding this past summer exposed them. But the real research has only just begun. Until now, the cave lion, a subspecies of Panthera leo related to today's lions, was known only from bones and tracks. Uyan and Dina will provide the first look at the soft tissues of these cats from the characteristics of their thick coats to the anatomy of their internal organs. Protopopov also says that genetic analyses are in the offing. We will be able to know the degree of kinship between cave lions and African lions, he says. The scientists also hope to use 
radiocarbon analysis to determine how long ago the cats died, thought to be at least 12,000 years, and additional studies will likely provide new sites into what they ate and how they adapted to the frigid conditions of the chilly steppe habitats they once prowled. And this has been Justin with your Paranormal Headlines. This was a segment of Parachute Radio's Paranormal Headlines. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Paratruth Radio. My name is Eric. And I'm Justin. And we are speaking with Heidi Linden, the author of Daughter of Siva. Now, right before break, we were discussing why some demons seem to make themselves known. You know, when in reality, uh, based on what we learned through the scripture, that they like to, Satan himself likes to keep it down low, you know, he, he likes to keep quiet, work in the shadows so that no one will ever suspect him uh, but there are these other demons that are just right there in your face they're loud, they're obnoxious, they're moving things they're breaking things, they're causing illness, etc etc, etc and Heidi, you had mentioned that you think that some of these demons, based on the hierarchy of uh, demons that some of them are just extremely rebellious and perhaps those are the ones that are stupid enough to make themselves known uh, I'm going to put forth a, another uh, possibility here, and you, both you guys agree or, or disagree, or agree to disagree, disagree to agree, whatever. Anyway, according to Scripture, when you look at the book of Job, Satan appears in front of God, and God tells Satan, consider my servant Job. And throughout the entire story, we see Satan inflicting Job in a number of different ways. He kills his family, his livestock, he strikes him with disease, etc., 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 but in the end, after talking, after Job talks to his friends and eventually talks to this young man who tells Job and reminds him of God's strength and his love for him, uh, he turns to God, you know, and talks to him. And God actually talks one-on-one with Job at that moment. Do you think that there's a possibility? Because mind you, a lot of these interactions that we have with demons that are very loud and in your face, there's not that many of them. There are actually very few uh, on the overall scale of the world. Okay. Is there a possibility that perhaps Satan had gone to God because we know he has that, that ability to, to present himself in front of God for whatever reason. And God commands him to make themselves known in an effort to hopefully lead these people to Christ. That first oh, of all, does that make definitely. sense? Second of all, do you think, yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Definitely. I, you know, I, I look at my life and all I went through and, you know, and God says, um, well, you know, in Genesis, it says what Satan meant for evil, God will use for good. So mm-hmm. I, I think that, you know, at times, you know, when, when we sin and we do things and that sort of leaves an entryway for evil to come in and God says, yeah, but I know their heart. And so I'm going to let you do your thing and you go ahead or, you know, you think you can, you know, have your way, but I know what's going to happen and God will, you know, make things great out of it. Because if I weren't able to go through everything that I did, I certainly wouldn't have been able to write a book and, and help people. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's uh, one of those things that, uh, kind of baffles the mind when you think about Joe specifically because there are a lot of people that start to question 
their faith because of things that happen to them in their life and they think you know how can a god that's supposed to be so good and you know so forgiving let these things happen well they're supposed to happen for a reason you're supposed to be learning something from all of this so you know it's just one of those things that you have to kind of come to terms with your faith Either you're going to come to a point, and both Eric and I were at this point where we had pretty much lost our faith, um, but uh, you know, eventually came back, and it has been one of those things that, if it wasn't for for the paranormal, uh, you know, we we might not have. Yeah, definitely. I, I think sure. that everybody has their own path, whether it's paranormal or, you know, addiction or just abuse, anything. And I think that those things, you know, can follow us when we can either make good of it or we can give into it. You know, the, the very first chapter of my book, I, I get right, right into it about, you know, how I attempted suicide. And I looked at myself in the mirror and I realized after I, t- I took all these pills and I was ready to die and I was only like 20 some years old. And mm-hmm. I regretted it and I tried to throw it all up and I couldn't. And I thought, okay, this is it. I'm going to die. And I just begged God for forgiveness. I said, Oh my gosh, what? And I, I, I knew of God. I just didn't know him. And, but he had mercy on me that night. I looked in the mirror and he showed me in a spiritual sense what I was looking like. And I know I saw this, this demonic thing behind me and I know it was pushing me to end. You know, and I, I wonder if, if they knew where I was going to go or if they were just trying to, to end it now. So, mm-hmm. you know, God had mercy and, and I was I woke up that next morning and I realized there was something I needed to do. And now I know what it is. You know, I, we counsel people. We help people that have spiritual problems. You know, we, we deal with a lot of youth who do self-harm, um, who have addiction, who say that, you know, they think their house is haunted. And... There's something more to the afflictions that we go through spiritually. So, you know, if the demons are going to, you know, if they're there, if we make them up in our mind, whatever, even if they make them up in our mind, in a way, aren't they still there? Right. Right. Mm-hmm. That's Absolutely. one thing that I've said on the show numerous times is, uh, you know, a lot of the stuff that we talk about throughout our shows, vampires, werewolves, Bigfoot, uh, you know, a lot of these cryptids, the mind will make up what it wants to see. But at the same time, you know, where is some of this evidence coming from? You know, where is multiple accounts coming from? Do they read? these particular accounts and then see something in the corner of their eye and they're like, oh my god, it's Bigfoot! I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and also just just to respond to uh, or answer what you were saying, Heidi, about uh, the the evil entity seemed to be standing behind you in the bathroom that day and and you're wondering if it knew what your decision would be or that you would, you know, you would turn to God at that moment. You know, when you look back again at the book of Job, we know that even though God said to consider Job, Satan, you know, was prideful enough to think, oh, uh, you know, God, he's not going to turn to you. You know, no matter what I do, he'll turn away from you and he'll give up on you. He'll hate you and so on and so forth. And so a lot of it, when you think about it, is just pride. And even if uh, that particular entity that was behind you that day knew or didn't know, the point is that it was 
had every ounce of its being hoping that you would not turn to God and perhaps end your end your life that day, and so that He would win a you know and keep one person from God and turning to God. Yep. <clears throat> And that's where people stand. You know, you get to that point in your life. I think there's a lot of points in our lives where, you know, God keeps trying to call people. He keeps trying to call us through, through points of desperation and need. And they're either going to turn to him or they're going to turn away from him. And that's that's where everybody splits. Yeah. All right, Heidi. We are coming to the end of the show here. So we wanted to give you a chance to tell everybody where they can find your book. Find your guys' podcast and your uh, supernatural uh, investigations, all that great stuff. All right. Well, um, my author book site is at HeidiKLinden.com, and you can purchase the book on there, learn more about it, and see pictures. Um, But the book is also available on Amazon as well. And um, our spiritual counseling and resource site is uh, EPH612SWAT.com. And our podcast. Swat, 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 swat. Oh no! <laughs> He's here. <laughs> I'm sorry. Is there a demon in the room now? <laughs> our podcast is tsradio.net. <laughs> All right, Heidi. Well, thank you for coming on once again to actually talk about your book this time, not just a specific topic. And uh, <laughs> we will be talking to you again real soon. So you have yourself a good night and. Uh, Good luck as we go on. Um, and I did want to let everybody know, you know, as we said at the beginning of the show, Scott and Heidi Linden, Talk Supernatural is coming to Paratruth Radio Network. And that starts at the beginning of the year. I know that uh, we're ecstatic about it. I'm hoping you guys are as well, Scott yes. and Heidi. So um, thank you for coming on and uh, talking with us, and uh, we will talk to you soon. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Bye. Good night. All right, folks. That was Scott. Or, wow. That was Heidi. Well, hey <laughs> <laughs> that was Heidi Linden from Talk Supernatural. Uh, again, if you're watching the video, there's the book, Daughter of Siva. Uh, great book. Definitely a interesting read and uh, touches very close to home for both Eric and I because we both went through similar uh, uh, things in our lives that kind of brought us to you know back to Christianity and you know mm-hmm. it, it was the paranormal that did that. So yeah, um, a lot of great things uh, in the book too, just to kind of see a backstory on Heidi. So, um, yeah, and you know, and I don't, and I, I don't think the book is just. I mean, it's, it's for anybody to read, but in particular for those of you out there who are tuning in, who maybe do practice mediumship, witchcraft out there, uh, and, and maybe you don't believe in God, maybe you should check out this book. You know, because this is a story about someone who didn't believe in God growing up, who didn't know Christ, who practiced all these things, but eventually was led to understanding and truth. And you know, maybe you just take a moment to pick up the book, flip. Flip through it, you know, see if anything could best. And who knows? Maybe uh, there's something in there that you need to take a chance. Well, as our uh, guest last week, uh, L.A. Marzulli said, uh, you know, you can't judge a book by its cover, so to speak, because if you don't read through it, how are you supposed to know if it's good or, or not good? If you're just going to judge the person that wrote it, then. Right. 
there's no reason to to even bother. But reading through any any book is going to have some glimmer of truth, whether you've never thought about it before, whether it's something you have thought about but don't know the whole truth to. So um, I do encourage everybody to read through any of our guests' books, but especially Heidi because she is a true friend of ours uh, and L.A. Marzuli as well. He's a great guest and a great person to talk to. Um, so if you guys read through these books, you will get many pieces to the puzzle and you know that's what eric and i try i try to do every week is just give you pieces um so i hope that we do do that every week he said do do (laughs) (laughs) sorry had to break up the seriousness uh (laughs) the video is just making us even more hysterical to each other <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> oh man. Anyway, so, uh, upcoming things over the next month or two. Uh, first and foremost, The Revealed, my movie. Uh, check out the trailer, guys, girls, uh, on at Facebook forward slash The Revealed Movie. You can also check out the trailer at on the Paratruth Radio website, which is paratruthradio.com. Just click on the creative, the creative works tab and you'll find it right there at the bottom of the page. You'll also find a small, uh, the movie as well. That is, it's going to be out around May 6th. You know, it's coming up quickly. We've only got three early before, uh, the film is ready to go and be seen by the world, if you will. Um, <clears throat> So that's that with the movie. In regards to the radio show, we have got a lot coming up for everybody and ourselves. There's a lot going on here. Uh, first and foremost, probably one of our favorite times of the year, it's Christmas. Yeah. We love Christmas. We love Christmas as people. We love Christmas as Christians. We love Christmas. <laughs> Christmas as brothers, as cousins, etc., etc. But we love Christmas also because we do have a Christmas special. Yep. And this year is no different. And I have a guest on. Nah. Correct. No. 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 We like to just have a lot of fun, you know. Which, which we do with guests, don't get me wrong. Uh, I know we can be a little more obnoxious when we're <laughs> just us. <laughs> but we're going to be covering a number of different topics on Christmas. We're not just going to be stuck on one particular topic, but I know for a fact we're going to be talking about the anti-clause. Yeah. That's a big one. We haven't really covered him that much since we started Night Stalkers also many years ago. Yeah, we touched uh, on a little bit last year, but... A uh, mm-hmm, little bit. Now that there's a movie out, <laughs> it's all got to get back to it, you know. Yeah. Uh, and you know, uh, Anti Claus, Krampus, you know, their their name their names are used interchangeably. Uh, we're also going to be talking about the season itself. You know, well, why do we celebrate Christmas? What is the uh, original Christmas? You know, you celebrate so forth. So we're going to get back, jump back into history quite a bit, uh, and just give you a peek and understand what everyone's beliefs are today and why we believe what we believe. But, you know, one thing that's going to be for sure, it's going to be fun. 
Yeah. We're going to bring in the holidays, and we're going to kick the door in, basically. Because after Christmas, straight to New Year's. In yeah. New Year's, we have a huge party going on, yeah. and it's going to be all of the radio shows that are jumping on the Parachute Radio Network and a couple of more, which are not going to be joining us, but in and of themselves, uh, we will be talking to Scott and Heidi Linden. Heidi, you just heard here on the radio show, we will have on Kay Carswell, who is the host of Deception Detection Radio. Uh, we're going to have on Jerry, which is the host of Oh, forgive me. What's the name of it again? Tiger Girl for God, right? That's it. Yep. That's it. <laughs> yeah. No, I knew that, folks. I knew that. Uh, she's going to be joining us that night as well. She's also going to be one of the new hosts on the Paratruth Radio Network. We will also be talking to... This one's you because I just blew a drink. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I blew a drink. What? <laughs> oh. Justin Fall from the Fourth Watch will yes. also be joining yes. us. <laughs> Forgive me, Justin. Oh my goodness! <laughs> Your co drew, drew drew a blank. This is what I was going for. Blew a drink. I don't know what that is, but I drew a blank. <laughs> but yeah, so Justin Fall will be joining us as well. Yes. So I, I blew a drink. I don't. I don't know. I, I don't know what the heck a blew a drink is. I meant I uh, drew a blank. Get your video back up. Where is that? I don't even know what's that. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Video. Okay. <laughs> so, Are you sure you didn't blow anyway. that drink? <laughs> it's gone, man. It's gone. <laughs> it was a long week last week. So anyway, yes, it's gonna. We're gonna have a huge, huge roundtable discussion, uh, which includes yours truly, the Parachute Radio Boys, Justin and I. We'll be heading the whole thing off. I'm not exactly sure how we're gonna go about doing this show. I'm thinking we're probably just gonna be asking a number of different questions and then be going around the table, let people answer and uh, you know agree, disagree with each other. Just bring up some good conversation. It's gonna be plenty of fun, a lot of laughs. I guarantee that for sure. So it'll be a good time. Yeah. After that, uh, well, actually, that night really brings in the new year, and the new year brings in Parachute Radio Network, which we are well on our way to getting prepared for everybody. Uh, we got the logo pretty much done here, so that's all set. I know we're working on getting the website set up, so we'll have a new website. Uh, for Paratruth Radio Network that will also allow you to view our current website and the website of the other shows that will be joining us. Uh, and it's going to be just a huge, huge uh, undertaking for both Justin and I. It's something we've talked about for quite a long there, but just taking it seriously over the months here uh, and within the last month in particular. And I, I know trading. Uh, but ultimately, wonderful event that, that, that we're going to be uh, bringing in to the new year. And I know Justin's excited for it. I'm super excited for it. It's going to be a great thing. Uh, Justin, anything you'd like to add? Uh, just that I hope you guys keep tuning in every week. Uh, as I, we told you last week, and you will see again this week, we do have video added to our YouTube uh, interviews. So make sure you're checking those out as well. Like I told you guys last week, we love our our 
podcast listeners, you know, if you download the Spreaker uh, podcast radio app, easy way to stream uh, Paratruth Radio as well as Talk Supernatural, Tie Girl for God, Deception Detection Radio, and The Fourth Watch. Um, and uh, I do believe actually The Fourth Watch actually has their own app as well. So a lot of great ways to stream our shows. And uh, just keeps tuning in, guys. There's a lot of great things coming. And uh, I think that's about it. So we will talk to you guys next week. Same time, same channel. My name is Justin. And I'm Eric. Peace. If you enjoyed this episode of Parachutes Radio and you would like to listen to it again or are interested in listening to any of our past episodes, then you can listen to them on HD at our website, parachutesradio.com. And you can also find us at Stitcher, Blueberry, TuneIn, iTunes, Spreaker, and YouTube. And of course, like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter for brand new updates of our show every day. History is complicated. The story of human progress is long, messy, and riddled with controversies big and small. On Conflicted, we dive headfirst into history's most infamous events and contentious figures. We try and untangle the good from the bad, the fact from the fiction, and the monsters from the misunderstood. Was Genghis Khan a murderous butcher or a civic pioneer? Did the Allied powers go too far? in firebombing the German city of Dresden at the twilight of World War II? And how did the Marquis de Sade acquire such a sinister reputation? And was any of it true? These are just a few of the tough questions we wrestle with and investigate on Conflicted. So if you love history or just enjoy a good story, please join me, your host, Zach Cornwell, for a fascinating new topic each and every month. Conflicted, a history podcast, is available on Spotify, Apple, or wherever else you get your podcasts. I hope to see you soon.